Um, If you have your Bibles, would you please turn them to James chapter 3. We continue here in our series in the book of James. And as we get ready, I'm actually going to need some help here this morning. I need two volunteers. Is there anybody that's willing to help me this morning? It does involve you coming up here. And so anybody at all willing to be a volunteer here this morning? Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Tim. Come on up here. Let's give them a hand for being willing to volunteer this morning. So come on up. We're going to take you all the way up here. So you go ahead and be on one side, and then Tim, I'll have you on the other. So we have some toothpaste here this morning in the box, and we have uh, contact paper. And so um, this is just a competition to start out my message, okay? So uh, whoever can open this puppy up and then empty out the most toothpaste in 20 seconds uh, is the winner, okay? So this is round one, okay? So um, let's go ahead. Uh, anybody have a timer and their cell phones? Can you help me out here? Anybody have their cell phone in church? Okay, Ruth, you've got my timer. We need 20 seconds on the clock. And you open it up and then just start squeezing as much as you can out on that contact paper and we'll see who, who wins. Are you ready? Got your timer? 20 seconds. On your marks. See, you're giving them time to think through their, uh, how are we going to do this? Here we go. Go. Oh, we got some people picking sides already. Oh, man, look at that. <laughs> Looks like ketchup. Time. Wow, that's a great timer noise, too. We've got our siren there. Okay. Well, judging by the amount that you both have squeezed out, that looks pretty... I'd say it's a tie, actually. So, congratulations. They tied, everybody. Yes. Yes. Now, okay, round two. Okay. Just a second. Reset, reset. 20 seconds again on the clock. Okay, round two you need to get as much as you can back into the tube of toothpaste. Okay, you knew that was coming, huh? Okay, can we start the clock? All right, on your marks, get set, go. (laughs) How's that suction effect working over there? Drawing it in. Look at that, he's like pushing it in. Doing a nice job here. How, time. We have a time. There's the siren. Okay, time is up. You got a little on your fingers there, it looks like. And I didn't have any napkins with me, so we're going to have to help that out. Any ushers be willing to grab some napkins? We've got some baby wipes back there. Score. We'll be able to help you out. So uh, judging by this, I would say, um, actually, okay, Um, No offense, Gina, I know your family, but (laughs) Tim's the winner of round two. You actually got some of that back in, so thank you very much. I'd like to thank my wife. You'd like to thank your wife? She's (laughs) awesome. Okay. All right. 
Well, at that point, folks, would you just give them a hand for volunteering today? And Willie's got some napkins here for you. Thank you very much, guys. You're welcome to head back, and you don't have to stay up here the whole time. In a message about controlling the tongue, perhaps you've used this illustration before, maybe in Sunday school, or you've seen this before, but it's real easy to get all that toothpaste out, isn't it? But it was a struggle putting all that back in. And when we say things, they're out there. And they're really hard to take back, aren't they? And I'm just going to tell you right now, from my standpoint, as I deliver this message, just a, a real quick disclaimer, um, I am not perfect in this area. Okay, it's a little bit intimidating to be like, hey, folks, we need to watch our tongue and the things that we say. And I'm like looking in a mirror like, yeah, Russ, you need to watch what you say. And so before we get into this message today, I want you to understand that I'm approaching this in the same way that you are. Lord, there's things here that I need to work on, and there's areas that I need to grow in, and I need your help. And um, so just simply uh, by a question to us today, how many of you have ever had uh, a moment where you've said something and you wish you could take it back? Okay, are you with me in that? Uh, words have the power to wound someone or to build them up. Words have great power, and uh, James is going to emphasize that uh, for us this morning. So before we begin reading, I just invite you to pray with me as we're about ready to hear from the Lord and His Word, and so let's prepare our hearts to receive. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, I thank You for this time together as we gather around Your Word. You, you speak truth. And so, Lord, we lean into that truth. We need that truth. And, Lord, when it comes to the use of our words, oh, we fail so many times. But, Lord, we're asking for your grace and your mercy and your guidance here as we receive from you so we know how to live in a way that you would desire, especially in the area of our words. So come, Holy Spirit, guide this time together guide the children's ministry as they're pouring into those kids. We ask for a special blessing today in Jesus' name. Amen. James chapter 3, starting in verse 1, we're going to go through verse 12 here in this section about controlling the tongue. James says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. And I feel like after giving you that verse, I'm just going to sit down. And then if somebody else would like to come up and take over, here you go, okay? I'll break that down a little bit further as we get going. But here in verse 2, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. 
But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil. It's full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Well, surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Okay, in the midst of this passage, I also want us to jump to James chapter 4 because there's two verses in James 4 that fit with today's message. And so we're jumping a little bit ahead here in our series, but to cover these two verses. James 4, verse 11. The Bible says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. And He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So we'll pick up that section here as the message continues. I want to start by just emphasizing verse 1 here. Uh, Verse 1 stares me right in the face. You look at a, a particular verse like this that says, Not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. And I know there's a judgment that comes as you guys weigh the Word. That is something you should be doing. Don't just take my word for it. You know, you guys, as you come every week, we hear from God's Word, but it's important that you look into the Word of God yourself. And so it holds me accountable. I don't want to be a false teacher. And the Scriptures have a lot of things to say about false teachers. And I don't want to be that. And there's accountability that comes from being somebody who preaches and teaches God's Word. And that's not just from the pulpit. That's in the classroom. That's in Bible studies. I mean, anytime we're in that setting where we're preaching and teaching, we should weigh, is this truth or is this not? And be able to weigh that out. And in order to weigh that out, that means you and I, we need to be well-versed. Right? And not just show up and say, well, I'm going to do this because Pastor Russ says to do this. No, we do something because God's Word tells us to do something. And so in the midst of that, I also think as we start here with verse 1, yes, you guys will weigh out what I'm teaching, but verse 1, the greater emphasis is that God is judge. And there's coming a day when I'm going to stand before Him, and that's going to be weighed. 
not whether or not I get into heaven, but He's going to weigh the teaching. And part of that will determine my rewards in heaven. In James chapter 2, I, I just appreciate how James puts himself into this passage. You know, he, he uses the statement, we. Okay, and so he says right out the gate, we all make many mistakes. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, that he included himself into that. And not like, you all make mistakes. He put himself into that category. And he says that if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. And so he starts out by saying, you know, yes, there's a, a strict judgment for those who are teaching and preaching, but I also want to say, hey, we're all imperfect. There's going to be times where we're going to say something that maybe we wish we hadn't said or it's not going to be accurate. We're going to make mistakes. And I'm thankful for the grace of God in the midst of when I make mistakes. How many of you are thankful for God's grace in the midst of mistakes? And then section 3 through uh, 6, I've titled this just Small and Massive. And, and James takes these different items that are real small and the massive impact that they have. And you think that that uh, bridle in a uh, horse's mouth, if you pull that rein, that the horse will move in that direction. And these creatures that are so powerful, you can guide and direct where they're going. And just like a small rudder on a huge ship, you can go down to a port and watch these massive ships roll in and they're all being controlled by this rudder on the back that can absolutely just turn this thing around. And you, you think of those things and, and how our words, especially just a small word to somebody uh, given any day, you have no idea what kind of impact that can have on their day. It can absolutely turn a huge day that's been uh, just very difficult. It can make it turn directions and move in a new direction. And James talks about our tongue being like these small things and even saying that a tiny spark can create a huge forest fire. A small word can absolutely turn someone and their day completely around. And that's a good word or a bad word. You could be having a great day and then somebody says something and it ruins your day. So it's equally true, whether it's a good or a bad word of encouragement or, or tearing down. And I want to give a little bit of an example of something that happened right out on this uh, CRP that's just out here by our church. And there was one day I was working and in runs David Aiden. And he was in a panic, and I'm like, David, what's going on? And he goes, uh, the CRP's on fire. And I'm like, okay. And the wind was actually moving it this way, and you can't quite see it with that picture because I took that kind of as a panoramic one. But there's a propane tank that we have out there, and I'm thinking, this thing is moving in that direction. Now, David already called the fire department, and, and we were just, I mean, what do you do? Uh, I felt like helpless to a certain degree. And um, I know there were some other individuals that pulled in and tried to help out. And, and the fire department got there just probably about 10 to 15 feet before it was going to get to uh, where the propane tank was. And um, afterwards, as they were able to find the source of this, somebody had driven by and flicked their cigarette into the ditch. And then it created this massive destruction that, that you see on the screen there. Something just as simply as small as a hot ash 
from a cigarette created this fire and created a frenzy of people going all different places and wondering, are we going to get this thing out? And um, eventually, praise the Lord, it did go out. But you, you can see the illustration from that. Something that somebody says can be incredibly destructive and, and ruin an entire field, if you will, just by simply a careless, a careless word. Right? I'm just going to flick this out the window. Right? And it created massive destruction. In James 3, verses 7 through 8, he talks about taming the mouth. And, um, you know, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. I remember when I was in college, my roommate had a bird. And so, uh, it, and it could whistle and, you know, do the whole um, just variety of things. And so we actually, I, I downloaded the Andy Griffith theme song onto a computer, and at night I would actually just play that on repeat <laughs> through the night. And, and I just was messing around one day, and, and he actually could whistle just a little bit of the Andy Griffith theme song. So, I mean, you can tame birds, you can tame creatures, and James says, you can't tame the tongue. He says, no one can tame the tongue. This tells me something here when it comes to taming the tongue. I can't do this on my own. I think that's the point that James is trying to make here is you can try to do your best to watch your mouth, but ultimately you need help. And that's where God comes in. Only God can truly tame your tongue. And so I think this is an area that we need to ask for God's help. God, I need your help in this area. And I've titled this message, Let Him Speak Before You. And so when we're in those situations and, and we're about to speak, sometimes it's good to just hang tight for a second and go, Lord, what do you want me to say here? But I know we can get careless and, and flippant. I know when, when situations seem tough and difficult, we're really asking for God's help and what we're trying to say, Lord, you've got to give me the words here. I want to be able to help this person. But then we can walk out of that situation and our words simply become careless. I know a, a few weeks ago I shared with you guys the story about how my truck got impounded when I, we got back from vacation. And when we were at the carousel in the airport getting our bags, we were getting ready to leave, and we're walking out, and uh, there's this lady that was on our flight that was in just incredible distress. She looked like she just had a terrible headache and maybe some tears, and I think her granddaughter or something was with her, and, and we were getting ready to leave, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to park it over here with her and just kind of see what's going on. And so, you know, I just approached her, I asked her, I said, it looks like you're in some pain, and, and she began to describe that she had a bad migraine from the altitude, and, and so right there in the airport, I said, ma'am, let's just pray over this, and, and we did. And, uh, you know, you walk away, and you're like, man, that, that was neat, you know, and, and how the Lord just kind of uses us wherever we're at, you know, and there's always going to be needs around us. And I'm telling you, within 30 minutes, my words went from words of life to a lot of other things that I wanted to say when I found out that my truck had been impounded. And I'm talking with all these people who were part of the process of locking that thing up. And I wasn't exactly like, can I, can I pray with you? You know, so like within a matter of minutes, this untamed body part of mine wanted to say things. 
But I think that's just life. There's things that we walk through, and we need God to help us, and we need His help in major ways. So let Him speak before you. We need to be aware of that. And I love this in Psalm 141, verse 3. It says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. We're asking Him to set the guard. Lord, You do this, please. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And so just a couple of things with that is the word wait. A question we can ask is, why am I talking? What's the purpose or what's the reason for me opening my mouth and sending words out? What's the reason? And when we ask the Lord to help us in that, I think that He will help us. But if we don't ask Him for help, I I don't expect Him to, to, to help you. And so we've got to be asking for His help each day. Lord, help me with Your words. Another thing, I like this saying, taste your words before you spit them out. That's another way to just process. I'm about to say something. Lord, what are You wanting to say here? I feel again, just to throw out the disclaimer, folks, I fall short in this area. You know? This is an area that I, I feel like, Lord, please guard my mouth. Keep watch over it. So what's interesting here in verses 9-10, through 10, I, I, I see a dishonoring of God twice. And I'll point this out to you. It says sometimes we praise our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the very image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not Right, And so here's where the dishonoring takes place. We're slandering people in which the Scriptures say they're created in the image of God. Genesis 1 tells us that. And so we're slandering people who are made in the very image of God. And then I also want us to think about how He gives us the ability to speak. Who made your mouth? God did. And he answered that to Moses when Moses is like, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know if people are going to listen to me. And he's like, Moses, who made your mouth? Pretty sure I can help you in this area. Okay, so we're slandering people that are made in his image. We're slandering his creation. And then we're also taking something he's created like your mouth and we're using that to slander. And we're dishonoring God twice when we speak evil over people. Maybe you've heard the statement, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I think it's an opportunity here to just address how in the church there's moments where gossip can carry on. There's moments where you can be talking with somebody and and foul language enters into the equation and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And God gives us the opportunity to speak. Think of that. And we use it for evil purposes. The Greek word for devil means slanderer. And so when we enter into these things, understand who it is that you're starting to partner with when you begin to speak evil. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let, any, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. 
If you're taking notes, just write Ephesians 4.29. If you've got your Bibles open, you can mark that. But don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I heard an illustration one time that, that talked about how frustrating it is as parents that whenever somebody says something ill about your child and what kind of rises up in you, if somebody says something about your kid that's negative, there's an emotion in you as a parent that begins to stir. How many are with me on that? Okay? Okay, that starts to rise up and you're like, hey, you're talking about my child right now. And so think of that emotion and then now put yourself in consideration with how our Heavenly Father feels when bad things are being said about His children. It breaks His heart. And He's saying, the very instrument I've given you, you're using that to slander people who are made in My image. And these are my children. We dishonor God when we begin to speak evil of others. So, in verses 11 through 12, it talks about speaking from the heart. Speaking from the heart. You know, does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Last week, I emphasized Jesus' words when we had the message about uh, faith without works is good deeds. And I said there's a difference between working for our salvation and working from our salvation. And Jesus is saying that only good things can come from a good heart. And in the context of that, and also in Matthew 12, Jesus talks about this very principle that what you say, the source of that actually comes from right here in your heart. Jesus says a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And now he's addressing these religious leaders just like John the Baptist did. He says, you brood of vipers, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So it really comes down to the heart. It's a matter of the heart. That whatever is flowing out of my mouth, it's coming from a deeper place within. And just like last week, Jesus says, a good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart. And an evil, uh, evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Proverbs 18.21, the Bible says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And so we can build people up or we can tear people down with our words. And, and what, when it comes down to a heart issue and a heart matter as far as what's flowing, here's what this tells me. In order for me to speak words of life... I need the Word of life in my heart. Does that make sense? In order to truly speak words of life, I need the Word of life in my heart. And from Him will become this wellspring of life-giving words. I'm going to be somebody who encourages people, not discourages them. 
Well, then it finishes. I know we started with a warning of judgment. We end with that same warning of judgment. Don't speak evil against each other. Then he says, God alone who gave the law, He is the judge. Well, Jesus, if you continue in His words about a good heart producing good things from the treasury of, of good, and well, Matthew 12, verses 36 through 37, it says, And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. Now, this is for all of us. We're going to give an account someday for all the words that we speak. So it's not just the, the, the teachers here, like I started with, it, 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 there's pressure on me, but now look, for all of us, there's a day where we're going to be held accountable for the things that we say. It says the words that you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And so with a message like this, I'm just leaning in saying, Holy Spirit, I'm going to apply that Psalm 141. I need your Spirit to come and help me. I I need you to guard my mouth. And that's a response for all of us. And so if you're a believer here today, ask God to help protect your mouth. Ask Him for His grace. Ask Him for His guidance. And I just want to address that, you know, it's it's possible that there's somebody listening today that there's just negative things that flow out of you because you don't have anything good in you. You don't have the presence of the Word of life, Jesus Himself, in your life. And I want to give each of us an opportunity that if, if that's you, if, if you've not come to a point where you've asked Christ to come into your life and change you and transform you and redeem you from sin, and I want to give us an opportunity to do that. And so, I want to lead us now in a prayer of response, and so I invite you to bow your heads with me as we get ready to close. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for how you guide us and you lead us. Today, Lord, you've led us to this passage and this strong warning of of words and seeing how impactful our words can be. And I just ask, Lord, that you would help us. We need your help in this area. And so, Lord, for all of us, guard our mouths. We ask for your grace. This is something that that comes supernaturally from you. That's the only way that our mouths can be tamed. So, Lord, help us. And, Lord, we also ask for forgiveness in areas that we've fallen short, in ways that we've, we've taken your creation, our tongue, and we've, we've talked about, we've slandered, whatever it is about your creation, those who have been made in your image. We've dishonored you, we've dishonored them, and we ask for forgiveness. And just like that tube of toothpaste, words can come out, it's really hard to to bring them back in. But one way that that can be redeemed is is the words, I'm sorry. And also the words, I forgive you. And so, Lord, for our relationships that we have with, 
with our spouses and with our families and with our co-workers and, and people here in the church body. If there's a need to share those words, I'm sorry, or I forgive you, I pray that your Spirit would guide us on that. Help us to use those words that lead to redemption. And Father, if there's anyone listening right now that as they reflect on their own life and thinking in their heart, is Jesus present? Do I have the word of life in me and in my life? And if you don't know how to answer that with great assurance that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer today to receive Him into your life. Before we enter into that prayer, I want you to understand that we are all sinners and that sin separates us from a holy God. And God sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross to set us free from the power of sin and death. And He offers us that new life by grace, through faith in Him. And if you desire today to, to receive Him into your life, I invite you to pray with me in your heart. Just simply say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to You. Knowing that my sin separates me from You, I ask for forgiveness. Please cleanse me. And make me new. And help me to live from this relationship that I have with you and to serve you and your kingdom from this day forward. Today I receive you by grace through faith as my Lord and Savior. And Lord, with every head bowed and, and eye closed, I just want to simply recognize those that maybe responded today. The first response being that just acknowledging Pastor Russ today, this message encouraged me. Just simply lift up your hand and, and place it right back down. Thank you. Today's message was an encouragement. God bless you. Thank you, Lord, for the encouraging word that you bring. And Father, for those that maybe prayed with me to receive you, I just simply take this holy moment here and recognize if there's somebody that prayed with me to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, just simply lift your hand up and write back down. Say, Pastor Russ, I prayed with you to receive Christ into my life. Simply lift it up and place it right back down. Anyone at all? Thank you. Anyone else? Any other hand? Heavenly Father, I thank you for new life in Jesus. And I pray that that gift of salvation would be so real to the individuals that prayed to receive you this morning. I thank you for this time together. In your word, help us to receive and respond. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.